Welcome to the Immigrant Computer Scientists podcast, where we talk to computer scientists who immigrated from their home countries for study or for work or for other reasons. In these oral history interviews, you will find established and renowned computer scientists from across academia and industry narrating their experiences of immigrating from where they grew up to a completely different land, often the US. My name is Indy Gupta, and I'm your host. The dreaded imposter syndrome, when you feel like a failure even in the midst of success, like you don't belong to your work community, like your talents and skills are just out of place in your workplace, like you are basically an imposter. Many researchers and entrepreneurs suffer from the imposter syndrome, sometimes occasionally, sometimes the syndrome is chronic. This is a remix episode. I spoke to several prominent computer scientists about how they handle failures and rejections and how they handle imposter syndrome. First up is Nanad Medvedovich, professor of computer science at the University of Southern California. He grew up in Yugoslavia. The, the best advice that I got as a very young academic in my first year of, of my PhD studies by John King, who eventually moved on to become dean of the business school at the University of Michigan, John basically said, if, you know, it doesn't matter what your parents want or, you know, what your loved ones want or any, you know, any person in a, in a mentoring capacity or whatever, if you don't want to finish, you're not going to finish. And he meant specifically with respect to the PhD, but I think it applies to many, like many other aspects of, of your life. If you are not the one who wants it in the long run, it's not, you know, that's not a recipe for success. But if you do want it, then I think it's, as, as you called it before, it's okay to take a leap of faith occasionally. And I think it's okay to fail. And I think that um, as, as immigrants, we actually have this benefit of being able to fail because, uh, and, and, you know, kind of not really suffer huge consequences because we're expected to fail. We kind of come here with, um, you know, very little, there's no history, very often very little money, you know, um, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of learning everything. And of course, you're not going to know upfront what's going to happen. So take a chance. The next voice is Yelena Mirkovich, Research Associate Professor at the University of Southern California. She grew up in Yugoslavia. I want to say, especially to graduate students, I think in undergrad, maybe the process is more forgiving and, and you're, you know, you understand that everyone's finding their way. But I think when you come to grad school, you really feel this pressure to do well. And research is uh, such a field that, you know, no one knows if they are doing well or not. Everything is very hard. Everything is self-driven. You don't know if you are going to succeed or not, if you're addressing important problems or not. So it's really easy to get imposter syndrome. I mean, I, I have it constantly. I think everyone else has it. So I think what I, what I wanted to say is that it's completely normal <laughs> and expected. And everyone has it. Even the famous people have it. 
Um, you know, I talked at some point to someone who is really well published uh, in networking field, and I wanted advice for a paper that I kept sending around, and it just wouldn't get in. And I thought it was very well done. I, I couldn't see a way to make it better, but it just kept being rejected. And, you know, he said, well, yeah, that happens to me as well. And it was a big revelation for me that it doesn't just happen to me, it happens to everyone. And as you know, time went on, I realized it from the other side when I became a professor that it really happens for everyone. And, you know, a lot of papers that we see today as very well cited papers and, you know, amazing works in the field took years to publish because, you know, after uh, six months to a year of work on a topic, you get something that is submittable. But then, you know, maybe it will get in, maybe you're lucky, but in most cases it doesn't, and you have to work more on it, then you maybe have to do more experience. It can be really prolonged affair until it gets to publication. Next up, Dejan Milojic, distinguished technologist at Hewlett-Packard Labs in Palo Alto. He grew up in Yugoslavia. I think every success or every failure is there for good reason. So you have to embrace both. Uh, if you have had so-called failure, uh, it means that you might have not been ready for that. That, like the typical case is paper, okay? Your paper doesn't get accepted somewhere. Uh, it's not a failure. Uh, I think it's a reward for you because the paper was not good enough. Uh, you will work on that paper, you will improve it, you'll do something really good, and that paper will get accepted. So take every so-called failure uh, with a lot of wisdom and try to learn something from that. Next, Rico Malvar, distinguished engineer at Microsoft and former director of Microsoft Research Labs in Redmond. He grew up in Brazil. And ultimately, it comes down, having good managers, good leaders, good professors that basically tell us, look, the business of research, the business of innovation is a business of failure. <laughs> You're going to fail most of the time. And you think you have a great idea, out of, 10, out of 100 ideas you have, 99, somebody already had that idea and already did something. But keep thinking. Because on the hundredth time, something sparks and something comes back. So, uh, and sometimes you have a great idea, you start working in it, put it on a paper, the paper gets rejected. And then you start thinking, as you said, maybe I'm not good enough or things like that. Um, no, don't, don't think that way. Think uh, like, you know, a small analogy, uh, not a very direct, but like sports, people in sports, right? They lose a game. That's fine. They go to the next game. And, and it's kind of the same in research. Think of it as a game. You lost a game, you go to the next one. And most of the stuff, I mean, especially now, after decades in my career, most of the things you do don't work at quite as well as you thought they would. But a few sometimes surprise you and actually work better than you thought and you achieve better impact. So failure is just part. The main thing is don't be demotivated with the failure, but don't pay zero attention to it. When things fail, try as much as you can, understand why. So at least next time, you're not gonna make, you're less likely to make that mistake again, right? Up next, Dilma Da Silva, professor at 
Texas A&M in computer science and co-founder of Latinas in computing. She grew up in Brazil. So, so rejection, we, you know, we have to get used to it. <laughs> and somehow it's a long, it's a lifelong process, at least has been for me. You disconnect the performance indicators that we have uh, in terms of papers accepted or grades or this professor accept me in his or her group or not. So any of those performance indicators and kind of disconnect from your value as a person is a lifelong thing to do, but it is harder, uh, I think, uh, when it, oh, let's put that away. It's much easier if you already have accomplishments and people look at you and you look smart, whatever that means. So for uh, students, when I advise them to just get used to uh, that, the more you do, the more you try, the more you fail, but you learn how to fail better. And, uh, and eventually, if you are learning from the process, it's a success. And, and if you surround yourself about people who will help you to capitalize on your learning somehow, it will work out. But you need to be around people who will help you to identify strengths and sometimes really rephrase uh, some something and uh, and quickly adapt and change. So that is uh, that's the part about um, failure. Imposter syndrome is uh, is the truth is that uh, there's so much we don't know these days. Maybe it's getting easier. You, you know, you and if you get. Now, curious about quantum computing and distributed computing intersection, your ignorance, I'm guessing, is similar to mine in the basics of quantum computing. But we know that if we invest, we'll be able to learn enough to make whatever that connection we need to, we are pursuing. And I think we just, just uh, maybe, uh, we all have these vast things we don't know. And therefore, it's just the ability to learn. And that gets better. One of those things, it gets better. We know that there are, I believe, very nice commercials about that, uh, depending on your sexual orientation, things get better later on in life. Uh, I do think that imposter syndrome is another area that we don't just be able to address entirely now. We just uh, capitalize on what we can and keep going. Uh, but resiliency is uh, the key, and I tend to think that the students who get to graduate school, all of them, they have a level of resilience. It seems to be that we also have more problems with uh, anxiety and depression, mental illness in general in our population, and therefore in the graduate. So I want us faculty to be very aware of that. But in general, uh, students are very resilient. This is the Immigrant Computer Scientists podcast, how we can address imposter syndrome individually and also in the community. The next voice is of Rodrigo Fonseca, principal researcher at Microsoft Research. He grew up in Brazil. One of the worst uh, types is, is when you're working on this thing for a year and then you get scooped. If you're not facing this, 
at all, then either you're too good or there are, or you're working on something that other people are just not interested in, right? Um, so I think it's it's part of the game. It, usually things are not zero-sum games, right? So mm-hmm. there's usually a way around it or a way that what you're doing can also uh, improve things in, in, in a way rather than having to, to, to stop. The next voice is that of Sudev Farouhi, entrepreneur and founder of successful startups in Iran and in Canada. She's also a vice president at Nakisa. She grew up in Iran. She currently resides in Canada. I think initially I would say awareness is number one uh, for for uh, overcoming it because when I was feeling it, the feeling is like this, that you are somewhere that either other people uh, don't... Uh, appreciate that you deserve the, the place you are in terms of, you know, the career path or yourself because you are the, the, the worst enemy of your, your success initially. If, if you don't go out of your own way, uh, that, that's the hardest part to overcome. Mm. I think initially you need to figure out that there is this syndrome <laughs> and you need to just realize that you are not alone feeling that. I think that was number one step for me, the realization and awareness. Mm. And then the way that I did that, the way that I realized that, but it was by reading books of uh, about uh, other female executives, uh, entrepreneurs. For instance, I started to know Sheryl Sandberg from Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I read her uh, Lean In book, and I actually listened to audiobooks. So I, I listened to her audiobook with her voice. And I was like saying, oh my God, the CEO of, CEO of Facebook feel that way mm-hmm. in her career path. And I'm feeling the same in terms of, you know, this, this imposter syndrome and the challenges that she, she as a working mom, she faced. And that was like a moment for me that, you know what? I need to work on it. I need to be aware. I need to read about it. I need to see how I can uh, strengthen my my muscle in a way of um, um, what should I do, what I shouldn't do. For instance, uh, being surrounded by people that uh, empower you and really take the others, the, the people that depower you and give you negative energy out of your network. Mm. Like that is that as simple as this one. Mm. And... Uh, Talk to people, have mentor, uh, be upfront about your, your feeling, realize those. And I think those are the, the, the things that I did. Mm. And of course, having a role model in a way of, you know, seeing people, their challenges. We are all human at the end, right? So any successful female or male like Jeff Bezos, like whoever that we can imagine, Ellen Moss, like they are all at the end humans. They have a lot of challenges that if we see and if we hear the stories, we learn how to overcome challenges. And I think that was actually indeed the reason that I started my blog, because I was thinking of there are a lot of things that I had to overcome, but I was like experiencing it maybe for the first time and I was not knowing about it like that other women or, um, you know, executives went through. Why not? I shared it and then read the others. Sharing stories is very powerful. You can find a link to Sudeh Farohi's blog on our website, csimmigrant.org. Next up is MIT professor Fadil Adib. He grew up in Lebanon. 
do you have advice for people on how to deal with failure, rejections, and imposter syndrome? Yeah, so very different uh, things, uh, each of them. Um, failures, I think the biggest failure is to quit a larger agenda. I, I remember even when I was interning, uh, during when I was an undergrad and interning at MIT, I remember halfway through, I thought it was too hard for me. I'm not good enough. Uh, it's not going to work out. Uh, and I even thought of um, like just leaving. Mm. But I knew that my advisor was happy and I had no idea why she was happy with me. Like, why is she happy with me? I'm clearly not doing good progress. And I remember speaking also to my, to my uh, uh, family and my mother and she was like, you know, I mean, you can book a ticket and come back, but just wait it out. Like, enjoy your life, go out if you want. And of course, my mother knew that I was not going to do that. Uh, and I just, and I pushed through. And at the end of the, the summer, uh, my advisor told me, oh, you're the best undergrad I've ever worked with. I want you to apply to my group for a PhD. And I did not understand why. Uh, and this is where it goes also to imposter syndrome, uh, where people don't know when they are good, if they are good. Mm. We always, in my uh, in my group, usually in the beginning of every academic year, we talk about imposter syndrome because we have new students. Right. And I tell them, if you want to, it's very hard to overcome your current imposter syndrome. We all have it at any time. Um, the way you want to think about it is think about your previous state, not the current stage you are in, and ask yourself, were you good enough? So when I was in school, I probably, I had an imposter syndrome. I would go to a new grade. I would have the imposter syndrome again. I would go to undergrad. I would have the imposter syndrome. I became, at, I came to MIT as a graduate student and I had the imposter syndrome. But the way I uh, tell myself now is I, I tell myself, let me look back. Was I, if, one, if I feel like an imposter now as a faculty, was I a good graduate student? I'm like, yeah, I was a really good graduate student. I wish I, I would like to have a graduate student like myself be in my group. I mean, I, I think my students are great. But uh, just to say that this says, I think I was good enough. And when I was in grad school, I could say that about my undergrad. So the way to, to deal with uh, uh, the failure is to quit. So the, day to, to, the way to deal with it is to persevere and to just work hard and keep moving forward. The way to deal with imposter syndrome uh, is to uh, remind is to look back and remind yourself at a previous stage uh, how well you were and this is and remind yourself how you did not think that you were not as great in that stage even though you ended up in hindsight you were definitely were great for that stage. Amr El Abadi, professor of computer science at UC Santa Barbara, is up next. He grew up in Egypt. Just think about. The others who are claiming they belong here, they are probably more imposters <laughs> than you are. I've seen so many confident people just shout in your face about something about what they really believe in and how they are so confident about it. But if you dig deeper, they are not that knowledgeable and it is just a facade. So I am not I shouldn't feel I'm an imposter because people who are overconfident are typically imposters themselves in a, in the opposite way. Finally, we have Jelani Nelson, professor of computer science at UC Berkeley. He grew up in the US Virgin Islands. I mean, I would say as people usually describe imposter syndrome, which is like, oh, do I really belong here? Am I really good enough? You know, I'm going to get found out that I'm a fraud or something. Um, I've never really had that feeling, but you know, when I did arrive at MIT, um, 
you know, because I was used to taking honors classes, I signed up for the most advanced, you know, math class for freshmen that there was. <clears throat> and of the thousand incoming MIT students, only like 20 or 25 were in this class. And many of them had done the IMO, International Math Olympiad. People who had gotten gold medals, yeah. you know, et cetera. And I didn't, I didn't really even know what a proof was. I didn't know what proof by contradiction was, yeah. right? So um, I actually failed. Like I got an F on my first two physics exams at MIT. Mm. But luckily there were makeup exams and then I passed those. And luckily also MIT had this, I think, very good policy that many other universities should have, which was there were no grades freshman year. Mm. All, like both fall and spring freshman year, it's just pass. They call it pass no record. You either pass or it says if you never took the class, it's like erased from your transcripts. Um, which meant, I mean, I didn't fail any classes. I'd never got no record, but I basically didn't wasn't stressed about grades. Like I could just focus on identifying like my weaknesses and gaps in my knowledge compared to my peers, and try and you know I had my whole freshman year to try and like patch those gaps. I think uh, so. Advice. I remember what I did. I remember like what helped me with those physics exams I was failing was I just started like psyching myself out. I said, look, you know, like being nervous and, you know, second guessing myself on the exam isn't helping me. Yeah. So I just started telling myself like, Jelani, you know, even though I had no, I had no like reason to tell myself this, but I just said, Jelani, you know, this is not hard. If you haven't already done so, please listen to the previous segments in the show. We covered Yugoslavia in episodes one through four, Brazil in episodes five through eight, the Middle East in episodes 9 through 12, U.S. Virgin Islands in episode 13, and China in episode 14. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes from the Immigrant Computer Scientist podcast as we visit other parts of the world. All the music used in episodes of the Immigrant Computer Scientist podcast is royalty-free. All voice recordings were performed with and are reproduced with full consent of narrators and participants. You can find music credits on our website. Join the online discussion about this podcast on all major social media, including Twitter and Facebook, with the handle CSImmigrant and hashtag CSImmigrant. And of course, the episode guide is available at our website, csimmigrant.org. This is the Immigrant Computer Scientists Podcast. <laughs>